0: On a special In-Depth with Graham Bensinger podcast, some of the biggest names in sports talk about their experiences with money. From tennis legend Novak Djokovic.
1: My dad put 10 Deutschmarks on the table. You know, that's all you had. To action
2: sports star Tony Hawk. We may have to just throw in the towel. This doesn't isn't, this work. We're barely covering salaries. And racing icon Danica Patrick.
1: How long does it take to really, like,
0: understand money? A, a while. They share valuable lessons learned plus how hard work and sacrifice have translated to financial stability. Additional guests include Arnold Schwarzenegger, Tony Romo, Billy Jean King, Charles Barkley, Scott Hamilton, and more. We kick things off with Pro Football Hall of Famer Emmett Smith. What do you think having gone through the kind of tough times growing up uh, taught you about fiscal responsibility?
3: You know, um, the one thing that uh, Uh, that we didn't really talk about was financial literacy uh, at that time because we had so little. But in this world that we call um, the financial world, um, you have to have a minimum of $50,000 to invest in anything just about. And African-Americans really truly didn't trust a whole lot of those systems. Mainly because number one, we were not allowed to play in those systems. Number two, those systems that failed them in the past. And so not having the ability to sit around the room and, and have dialogue about how you save money, what you invest in, and all those kind of things was something that was not readily available in my household. I did not get exposed to that until I became a Dallas Cowboy and I got my first check. Wow. Then I'm sitting here talking to my financial advisors, and they're talking to me about a balanced asset allocation what the heck that really means? What the heck is an alternative investment? Okay, real estate, venture capital kind of stuff, et cetera, et cetera. And understanding what that situation was all about helped me understand truly uh, that it's not all about how hard you work. Sometimes it's about how smart you work. And, and at the end of the day, your money can truly work as hard as you can and work even smarter than you can in some cases.
0: Actor Arnold Schwarzenegger. You were a young kid who was just over in the States and you're just starting to make money in investing, like it seemed like every dollar you could into real estate, like how how did you save.
4: I would save every single dollar that I made. And I didn't make much money at all, but I would save every single dollar that I made. If I did a seminar somewhere, or a posing exhibition, um, or my mail order business, I would save everything, and I remember that when I had twenty six thousand dollars or whatever it was, I had in cash, in the bank, and I felt very strongly that before I ever buy an apartment, a condominium, or a house, I got to have income property first. Hmm. So. And what was what happened was is that I bought then eventually a six-unit apartment building, and in the front it had the owner's unit. And I remember I bought that apartment building for two hundred and thirty-five, for two hundred and forty thousand dollars. And then you know two or three years later we sold it like for double. And uh, so I made with this twenty-six thousand dollars basically, you know, a hundred and fifty thousand dollars, almost two hundred thousand dollars profit. But you know I had. I had the courage to do it, to to take all my money, and that there was not one single dollar left and put it in the end of this investment. And so before I ever did a a film or got really heavily into the film business, I already was a millionaire from the real estate deals that I've made and for all the success that I had in in real estate.
0: Basketball Hall of Famer Charles Barkley. I want to go back to uh, the NBA and uh, your uh, relationship with Michael Jordan specifically, Mm -hmm. which also is uh, you know, kind of famous. You you credit him uh, really with having a bigger influence on your career than anybody and have said that he's helped you in ways that people could never understand.
3: Uh, How so?
5: Well, I think that Michael has always been like a, a brother to me. Michael is a great businessman. If you go back and look at it, Michael was probably the first jock businessman. And he saw that. And And he says, stop taking so much cash, take stock options. And if I remember correctly, I think I quadrupled my money. And he taught me to learn to take care of my money and to to be a a businessman. This is a business. I mean, I don't have his type of money, but I think I've been very successful with my money because the key is you got to make money grow. You can't spend it all. And I think uh, being around him has made me a better businessman. Uh, but he's been a great mentor to me in the business world, and he's been a great friend.
0: NFL personality Tony Romo. I was talking to your dad, uh, Ramiro yesterday, and he was telling me how, like, back in the day when he was in the Navy, there was a point where he was earning $500 a month. Um, how tight growing up at various points were finances? I mean, for me,
3: I didn't know anything different. I could have a shirt on and a ball and be fine for a week, you know? So I didn't know there was even a world that was any different than, you know, like money didn't really register. Um, is, is there stuff now, though, that you look back on and cool recognize? Sure. I mean, you just, there's plenty of things that you could tell as you get older.
0: Tennis star Novak Djokovic. Uh,
1: well, you learn from your parents, obviously. I mean, they... they... Teach you about uh, you know some fundamental things in life. They made us realize you know how important it is to have the, the, the awareness about what you you know how you spend how you save. But I think also the circumstances in which we grew up. Uh, going back to the situation where my dad put 10 Deutschmarks Marks on the table, you know that's all you had. So I think also those circumstances in the environment taught us big lessons about money and money being uh, 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 something that you have to value, that respect because you have to earn it, you have to work hard for it and when you do it doesn't belong to you, you know, it's just a mean that goes through and it allows you to live a nicer life but it does not give you happiness, it does not give you joy, that's something completely different
0: racing icon danica patrick i don't think when you're a kid you really get it right i mean how long does it take to really like understand money a a while you know i feel like i feel like as parents you're you know into the teenage years and even in the 20s sometimes you're well at least until you're on your own a parent's mission is always to get them get your kid to understand the value of a dollar um so you know when i was racing from 10 to even in England at 16 to 19 years old, you know, I understand they committed, but I was, it wasn't like we had to, it wasn't like I went home and they had to sell their cars or sell their house or downsize or whatever. I think that um, my dad just worked that much harder. Olympic medalist Scott Hamilton. How much do you believe your parents sacrificed for you?
6: Oh, unbelievably. They almost went bankrupt for me. They never went out and ate in fancy restaurants or any restaurants. They just, they made everything at home. They canned all their own food. They'd buy beef by the side of beef and pre- freeze it. So there was never any restaurant expense. Everything was, you know, it, everything was done so that we would never have to worry about the expense of living. Everything was just sort of, um, they're doing the best they can. So when I would want to go to a skating party after a competition, you'd have all these, you know, skating moms and diamonds and. Furs and, you know, they're all done up. And my mom would be wearing the same thing she wore five years ago. And I could see it in her eyes just how humiliated she was. And uh, I look at that and it's like, that's sacrifice. You know, so I could have fun. She would feel that way. Tom
0: Hanks. When we were down to uh, living on a s- serious budget though, and it was time to go like do a week of grocery shopping we'd kind of like imagine, okay, we, I think we could, we have $45 here. Let's, what can we do for $45? And anytime we bought something, I rounded up the cost, you know, and it never, never failed to make me feel good. Cause we'd have a, a week's worth of groceries and I'd still have the, like I get three bucks back from my 40. So we, we could do it all for $42. Olympic medalist, Lindsey Vaughn. How about the most creative way? Uh, you ever won about uh, saving to get something for somebody?
7: I didn't really save for something. I just saved because I never knew how long my career would be. You know, ski racing is a very fickle sport. You know, you have one really bad injury and you never come back. And so it was like, you know, I have to be careful with how I spend my money. I have to save whenever and wherever I can. The only thing I really bought are homes because I always felt like I was on the road and I never had a place that was mine. And so I would save and buy a home. I never really bought anything besides my homes because that's what makes me happy. Like I, I focus on the things that I really need to make me feel like, you know, happier as a person. Like having a solid base where I always feel like I can come to and, you know, escape and feel at home and happy. Those, those are Those are the important things. So that's what I save for.
0: NASCAR driver, Kevin Harvick. I had my first checkbook when I was in the fourth grade. So uh, that was that was one thing that my dad did very well was I wrote the checks and paid all the bills for the racing team or the go-kart teams or late model teams, whatever it was. I had to balance the checkbook. I had to pay the bills. I had to make sure that, you know, if we didn't have any money, you were gonna, he made me call the sponsors and, and um, you know, ask for money myself in, in order to, to keep racing. So. I've always been pretty aware of, of where we were financially and where our money was going and, and how it was going and who it was going to and who was touching it, but um, you know, I think that's also helped um, give, give a great perspective on, on how to deal with the money that you make now. Tennis legend Billie Jean King.
2: The best thing my mother ever did was she sat down with me when I was about 10 or 11 and showed me a budget. And I, you know. When you're 10 years old, you don't realize every time you flick a light switch, that's money. Right. Or put petrol, you know, or, or gas in the car or change a tire or uh, buy a home or paint the home. You know, you don't even think about those things. Utilities. I mean, all those things. You never think about it at that age. And she would just, she went through it uh, line item by line and it item by item. And I went, oh, my gosh. So she said, when we tell you kids, no, it's not that we don't want to give it to you. It's we can't usually afford it.
0: Coach and sports executive Craig Robinson. Tell about when you
5: asked your father one day if the family was rich. So I had no concept of money when I was in, like, seventh grade. And somebody in my classroom said to me, man, you guys really must be rich. Your dad picks you up from school. Your mom doesn't work. And I was like, wow. And so I get home, and I I uh, said to my dad, I said, hey, dad, are we rich? And he said, he said, on Friday, I'll show you how rich we are. And I was like, great. So Friday rolls around. He gets his paycheck, right? And my dad worked for the city of Chicago, so he, you know, didn't make a whole lot of money, but he could support his family. Well, instead of depositing it, he cashed it. And he came home, and I looked at it, and, it, you know, I don't know how it, it wasn't a thousand dollars but it might as well have been i mean it was a lot of money and i was like we are rich and he's like no no wait he said first of all you got to take out your money for your rent and i was like wow so this is what you have left he's like ah, what about car payment you got to pay for your car i was like oh and it got to a point where he was left with like 40 bucks and he said now you have to save some money for yourself so you put half of that in the bank and he puts it in the bank and it's $20 and he said that's what's left over and but he showed me the value of actually of actual money and and paying bills and saving it was something that uh um, has, uh, again, it's it stayed with me all these years and is sort of part of my makeup.
0: Skateboarding legend, Tony Hawk. Uh, how much of a financial bind did, did you put yourself in as the money began to kind of dry um, up?
2: It was tricky. I, I was dealing with two mortgages. I was just starting a family. Um, and I was still trying to skate, and you know, I was basically like doing everything I could to make skating a career still. Um, and, uh, just, I really pulled back on all expenses and I was eating, I was eating Top Ramen and Taco Bell and peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for a good two years. Um, really? Yeah. Uh, refinanced my house, sold it at a loss, uh, moved into my original house, my duplex that I grew up, that I was, you know, uh, living in in high school and with a family now.
0: Why decide to start your own company uh, amid all of that?
2: Um. I wanted to continue to be in the skate industry and I wanted to do something on my own. Um, And so that's when I took my biggest risk for sure. Pretty much all the money I had saved at the time, I dumped into starting a company and we almost gave up twice. Um, There was a time when my partner and I both said, we may have to just throw in the towel. This isn't, this isn't work. We're barely covering salaries. The very next year of X Games is when we saw Birdhouse start to take off, and that was the moment of validation for us both. We had placed ourselves as a brand at a time when skating was very small, so it it wasn't hard to get noticed. And then as skating came back in the upswing, we were sitting on top because we had established ourselves there.
0: Surfing icon Kelly Slater. I think you were in high school even before your senior prom. You were already one of the top paid. Uh, surfers in the world, and then fast forward a few years, I think you're around 21, uh, going to buy a house, and I believe you find out you're basically broke.
2: Hmm. Uh, how did you handle that? You know, my story's kind of like a lot of other stories out there you hear. I wouldn't necessarily classify us as poor, but no, we didn't have any money. To I mean, my mom was scraping quarters together to get my lunch paid for at school most days, you know? When you are raised that way, you don't have a lot of uh, intelligence around money. I tried to go buy a house uh, with my then fiance and uh, found out I was broke. And I didn't take, I didn't handle my finances at all. My mom just kind of took care of it for me. And so it was a real kind of uh, quick wake up lesson in, in learning about your money and, and taking care of what you have and
0: planning for the future. Thanks for listening to this Smart Money special. We'll be back to a traditionally formatted podcast episode next week, but would also love your thoughts on this different format featuring several guests offering their perspectives on a central theme. Would you like to see more of this in the future? Let us know within a podcast review. Thanks again for listening.